looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Mmm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm -mm -mm. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. Hey, I know we have a lot of horror fans that listen to our shows, and I know things have been tough for everybody across the board these past six or seven months with what's been going on in the real world, but I wanted to make a suggestion to you horror fans, because I know part of the normal routine year in and year out is to attend different conventions to meet some of your favorite horror stars. However, none of us have been able to do that because of obvious reasons. But I do have a little suggestion for you. SignatureHorror.com Now, some may ask, what is that? Well, they obtain autographs for the fans from some of their favorite stars, from some of their favorite franchises. Whether it be the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and many more. They have different options such as, besides getting their autographs, you can do live Zoom calls with your favorite stars. You can do personalized videos for people, greetings of some sort. They just have many options. So if you're looking for to spend some money that you may have spent at conventions, check them out and see the options they have SignatureHorror.com That's right, SignatureHorror.com
What's up, guys? This is Ring of Honor wrestler Mike Bennett, and you are watching and listening, or whatever you're going to do. This is Crazy Train Radio. Hey, folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc Jonathan Steele. And I'm Elena, your favorite host from the Emerald Isles. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. So, everybody, let's welcome the next gentleman on the line. And I guess this is the appropriate term to use. In this modern age of wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call the business, I say wrestling because that's what you guys do at the end of the day. He is a true journeyman. He's been Ring of Honor World Tag Champ. He's won championships over in Japan, ex-division champ, two-time WWE 24-7 champ. He just recently re-signed with Ring of Honor in the past week or two. Let's welcome Mike Bennett. Mike, how you doing? I am great. I, uh, You know what? I'm sitting uh, downstairs in my sister-in-law's apartment. Uh, not apartment, but her house because we're, uh, we're, um, we're kind of Running some errands today, doing a whole bunch of stuff, dropping the kids off at daycare. So that's why I'm sitting on the floor currently, which is wonderful. But I'm good. Thank you. Well, I got to ask, and obviously I don't need to know specific numbers, nor do I care because I'm not the IRS. But how long is this commitment with the Ring of Honor you just resigned? Uh, so it's at least going to be until the end of this year and then probably one more year after that. Um, right now everything's up in the air cause of COVID and everything's crazy, but, um, it's, it's at the very least going to most likely be a year and a half. Right on. And that's good to hear. Cause you guys, I guess everybody's still trying like the rest of the world, trying to feel everything out and see right. how, so would you say, and I know Maria recently signed on too, is it you guys same kind of thing year and a half? Wait yeah. To see what's. Both- yeah, we're both in the same ballpark. Um, it's kind of one of those deals to get us committed to the company and then uh, take it from there. Because we're, we're, me and Maria are both kind of in the same boat. We understand where Ring of Honor is. We understand where life is. We understand where the world is. Um, and we're just trying to make the best decision for ourselves. And also, we want to be at Ring of Honor. So we're willing to do what we have to do in order to stay at Ring of Honor. Because at the end of the day, that's where we want to be. And when you want to be somewhere, you do whatever you have to do. Exactly. And, you know, I'm hoping we can talk with her in a formal interview fashion soon. But we actually did talk to her in January for a food bank fundraiser we did, which was cool. Yeah. And, you know, it was funny. You came in, you popped in briefly. Not on the live stream of that but you came to get your little guy at the time <laughs> yes and you know she said you know as we're getting ready to go and she said he your little one it's a son correct correct i have two i have a daughter and i have a son but okay our son- i just want yeah. i just want to make sure i have that correct yeah, no she, she said he is that that boy is something else 
Oh yeah, it's definitely my son. He's and he's not only something else, but he is a massive boy. Like he's he's just solid. I don't know where it comes from, but he is a beast. And like he was tiny when he was born, and then after a month, I don't know if we we, we must have just been feeding him. I mean, he eats a ton, but uh, he's just he's a solid boy. When you pick him up, you feel every pound of him. Yeah, that's what she was saying and joking about, you know, with with him. But you know, before we get into the fun stuff. And we bring that up, the family life and stuff. And right before I started recording, you mentioned about being, getting back into the daycare and all that stuff. But what kind of father do you think you are so far? Are you hands-on with like diapers and just the day-to-day stuff? Or how would you describe yourself as a dad? Well, I mean, I don't know how to describe myself, but I can tell you that I'm very much uh, heavily involved as a dad. Um, I change the diapers. I do the feedings. I do. I, I give them the baths. Uh, me and Maria have a very equal relationship. So it's one of those things where we're both parents, but we're also both chasing our goals and our dreams simultaneously. And I'm not one to believe that like, oh, it's just a woman's job to stay at home and take care of the kids. Uh, because my wife has dreams and aspirations that I, that she wants to achieve and that I want her to achieve. Um, and so it's very much when I'm doing something, she's hands-on when she's doing something I'm hands-on and we try to balance it out that way. But uh, the thing is though, I love being a dad. If you can tell by the smile on my face, yeah. I absolutely love it. I love being around my kids. I love it. Like even changing the diapers, feeding them up, cleaning the mess. It's, it's tiring. It's hectic, but, uh, I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Right on. And that's good to hear. And that's, I think what you were kind of hitting at there is both being involved. I think that's changed over society's uh, viewpoint as far as being the parental side and all that. But that's a whole different conversation we could have at another time. But I'm curious to know, since you had, well, you first came back to Ring of Honor back in the fall with a couple of appearances, but just officially re-signed recently. But what kind of reaction did you get? Because there's been some lifers there associated with the company and Sinclair and all that stuff. What kind of reaction did you get when you uh, fully committed to come back for at least this upcoming time period? You know, it was, um, it, it kind of felt like a homecoming. That was kind of the reaction. Obviously, there were some men and women there that weren't there the first time. Um, But the thing is, a lot of the men and women there that weren't there the first time, I kind of already knew through association and kind of through, um, you know, being at WWE, seeing guys come come through tryouts, having traveled the indies. Like, I just, I knew a lot of the guys. There were some people there that I didn't know. But as far as like the lifers and the people that have always been there, it was like this homecoming. I mean, I was at Ring of Honor for almost... I think I was there for five and a half years the first Something time. Like it. Yeah. So I had a pretty good run there. And so I feel like I really established myself there and I became really close with these guys like the Briscoes and Jay Lethal and Dalton Castle. Um, you know, we need like Rhett Titus and Will Ferrara and, and Delirious. Like I, I, I formed like a genuine friendship and bond with those guys. So I felt like when I came back, it was just kind of like, Hey, Mike's back. It wasn't like, Oh God, he's coming back. It was like, Hey, you're back. Um, and I always like to tell the story. The first, one of the first people that reached out to me after I got released was delirious. And he sent me, uh, I think it was a, a, like a wink emoji or a kissy face emoji on, on, uh, through DM. And it was, it, it was kind of one of those things where it was just like, Hey, 
we got you, you know, like we're, we got you. And it was, it was one of those moments that I think we'll probably remember. I'll remember for a long time, because at that moment I was kind of terrified about where my career was going, but to have someone like that in that position that I've known for such a long time, reach out to me. And the way Maria says in only typical wrestling fashion that they would send you a winky emoji to tell you that they got you. Um, it just, it was really special to me. So it was, it was really like a homecoming when I came back. Well, from what I had read, because we know everything on the internet is true. Always. Yeah. That you at the time, you know, of your release and all that, and I'm not looking, never, we never like to bash anybody and because there's different reasons. And last year there was a pandemic brewing and yeah, you know, there was just different factors out of everybody's control. But I had read that you were thinking about leaving the business before re-signing with can you uh, take me through that process of uh, what said, you know, I, I'm going to give another go and look at Ring of Honor again. Yeah, you know, it was one of those things where we had gotten released. My wife was, um, she was still on maternity leave. And it was one of those moments that just kind of, it kind of took us back because I had asked for my release eight months earlier, which I was denied, um, which really bothered me. But then I got released in the middle of a pandemic, which again, if you start adding these things up, people want to under people try to understand why I got so frustrated or why I got so angry. That is why I had asked for my release eight months earlier, didn't get it, then released in a pandemic when there's no way to work. So you add that, you take that, then you add that with the past three years of just frustration of trying to work and trying to work and trying to work and being told no and being told no and being told no. You get to the point where you're fired, you're in the middle of a pandemic, you don't know where the industry is going to go, and you're just kind of scared and kind of left with your hands up. And I just didn't know if I had it in me. The, 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 the company I worked for previously left a really sour taste in my mouth about what this industry was all about. Um, and it really made me question whether I wanted to be part of that. I always tell people I love wrestling, but I can do without the industry. I don't need to deal with the politics, the corporate greed, the crap the that goes on. The, the bullshit. Yes. The, to put it, to put it bluntly. I don't, I don't like that. I'm not that type of guy. I don't deal well with politics. I tell people the truth. Uh, I don't stab people in the back. That's just how I've always been. It's gotten me in trouble, but that's just how I've always been. So when everything kind of uh, accumulated at the end and to be fired, I kind of took a step back and was like, do I want to associate myself with this business again? Do I want to be part of it? And then, you know, I fell in love with Ring of Honor again. And I was like, no, there's still parts of this industry that I do truly love. Well, obviously, I know you did some work with the NWA and Nick Aldis and stuff after your release and such. How much did that play in in terms of finding that spark again? It was huge. Um, and I will, till the day I die give Nick Aldis the credit for really like lighting that spark underneath my ass to be like, Hey, come back and do this. Like, just because you have one perception of yourself doesn't mean that's what the rest of the world has the perception of. So it was one of those kinds of kicks and kick in the ass where it was like, Hey, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Let's go do this. Let's go kill it. Um, and you know, one thing that always stuck out to me with Nick was when he reached out to me to ask me if I wanted to do it, we were going back and forth talking about it. Um, and when I finally agreed to it, his exact words were, I know, it, I know what it's like for people to perceive you as one way in this industry and want to be perceived as another. He said, so I'm doing this so we can get that perception of you out there that you want. 
I want people to know who Mike Bennett is. I want people to remember who Mike Bennett is. Um, and for someone in this industry, like we said, there's bullshit in this industry. For someone who, like I consider Nick a friend, but at the time I wouldn't consider him a best friend. We were acquaintances. We knew each other. Our wives were friends. But for him to reach out and do something like that for me, it like, it really, it really, it, it still, it, it affects me to this day because you don't see that very often. And for him to put my career in front of his own and be like, no, I want to do this for you. It just, it says a lot about the type of person he is. Uh, and and I'm, I'll be forever grateful for it. And it reminds me of something I was listening to as far as doing some homework about you is like I said, cause we know every, but these words came from your mouth. So right. in terms of, that goes to show about putting egos aside in a very in a business that there's still some machismo or ego. There's the bullshit. It just seems like there's a positive there in the changing of the guard per se. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things that I really have been truly embracing, and I feel like a lot of the younger guys um, and and a lot of guys in my generation too are embracing. And it's we're all in this together. This industry only works when we work well together. Um, and I hate this idea that it has to be this macho alpha male type industry when in reality, it's not that way because I need you and you need me. If I decide to go out there and I don't want to work tonight, you're going to have a shitty match. It, that's just how it is. If you decide that you don't want to work with me, you're going to have a, sh I'm going to have a shitty match. If I, it's, that's just how we have to work together. And somewhere <laughs> along the line, we got to this point where we're like, oh no, well, I'm the star and you're not. So I'm going to dictate and tell you what to do and all this BS crap. I never understood it. I, I don't understand it because what we're doing at its core, what we're doing is scripted. What we're doing isn't, isn't uh, quote unquote real. Now the, the bumps hurt. The wrestling is real, but the whole show is a show. It's a performance. And so the fact that we get to this point where we treat it like, oh, well, uh, it, you know, it, 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 you got to feed this person's ego because this person doesn't want to lose. And this person, I, I get to the point where I'm like, what are we doing? Like, we all have to work together. And to go back to kind of close this up with your original point, Nick understands that. And and, and to see someone at his level of his magnitude to reach out to me kind of at my lowest point and to be like, hey, we're in this together. Let's figure it out. Uh, it, it, it just it was it was really cool. It's you don't see it very often. And it's something I truly and, and humbly appreciate. Well, with all that said, you know, I'm curious to know, and this is kind of a little bit of a sidetrack here. Like I said earlier, not my business. Don't care. But. I'm always curious to know because wrestling is a different breed in a business. There's no unions. There's no this. There's no that. Again, stuff we can talk about on a whole different right. day and for hours. But I'm always curious to know folks like yourself who've done a lot impact in Japan and Ring of Honor, WWE, back at Ring of Honor. How does a professional wrestler without backings of unions and different things like that decide or try to find their personal value hey i'm i think i'm worth this to come in and do obviously you're a guy who wants to do business and put the bullshit aside but obviously there's the other side of i got two kids to feed right and such how do you figure all that stuff out yeah you know and like like i said like i 
I don't like to deal with the BS, but at the end of the day, I understand it's still a business. There's still product that needs to be made. There's still consumers that need to, to, to buy things. Uh, I get that. I understand that. And uh, with wrestling, the tricky part is for so long, it's been determined that one company or one person or one thing determines your value. But what I think is starting to happen now is you're starting to see a lot of guys that are super talented, that are uh, uh, super motivated, have all these outside projects. They're starting to tell people, no, this is what we're worth. And we know this is what we're worth because without contracts or without this, this is what we're making on our own. You know, independent wrestling had a huge boom with guys like the Young Bucks and Kevin and Adam Cole, PWG doing their thing. Um, so it had this boom where people were able to see, hey, no, there's a market for guys, even if they're not attached to one company. And these guys kind of set the standard of like, no, you dictate what you're worth. You tell these people what you're worth. And you're starting to see that in, in, in uh, you know, not to bash companies, but you're starting to see that in WWE where guys are saying, no, I think I'm worth more. And just because you're telling me you don't want to put me on TV, that doesn't mean you're the end all be all that I know what I'm worth. Just because one person's opinion is I don't like you and I don't see anything in you. That doesn't mean that there's not a million other people's opinions that are, no, we will pay money to see you. We will give you money to see you. It's kind of like I look at Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder showed everybody that he has an entire fan base on his own that he wants to give to you. Um, and but, but I was saying Zack Ryder had an entire fan base and then it was still one guy who said, uh, no, 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 you're still not worth that. But he proved that it is. And it recently, and it's great you brought his name up because he did some stuff with AEW, did some impact before they were doing the crossover and such, you know, that they've been doing the past couple of months. But I know we got you sh for a short period of time sure. uh, and get ready to wrap just time wise for I know there's a lot of running around and such. But my final, I, and I'll combine this as one question. As we sit now, and obviously folks are starting to come out of the pandemic with vaccines and just everything where we are as a world, yes. Yeah, what kind of goals do you have for the rest of 2021, both personally and professionally? But also, what kind of, what's the best advice you would give to aspiring talent? Because you've done a lot since 2001 getting into the business yeah um i mean for me personally i have one goal that's to wrestle a ton and i want to be the best wrestler in the world um i know it's all subjective i know it's all bs but for me i want to be considered one of the best wrestlers in the world i'm putting all my time all my effort into just being a professional wrestler i spent so much of my career trying to be a sports entertainer and having tunnel vision to wwe and then I realized it's not what I want or what I love. What I love is pure wrestling, New Japan style wrestling, Noah style wrestling, actual professional wrestling. So mm -hmm. that's my goal. That's the what sport I want. of it. The sport. I, I thoroughly enjoy the sport of professional wrestling, which if you had told me that five years ago, I would have said, you're crazy. That's not Mike Bennett. That's Mike Bennett now. And that's what I kind of want to do with my career going forward. And that's why Ring of Honor was such a perfect fit. Um, as far as what I would tell the younger guys, I would tell them there's no set formula. There's no rules. There's nothing you have to do. We have these BS and stupid traditions in professional wrestling where you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way. And it doesn't matter. All that matters is if you can get over and if you can get people to buy into you. If people will buy into you, 
guess what? You're doing it the right way. I just wrestled Dan Housen and Effie last weekend at an independent show. Those guys, they're doing it their way. They're saying, no, we don't need to sign to a major corporation. We don't need to uh, be on television, even though I'm Dan Housen is with Ring of Honor now, but Effie, Effie's doing it all on his own. He's reinventing the game all on his own. And what I would tell those guys is look to those guys because they're not looking at, oh, this is tradition, so we have to do it. They're looking at it as, What's best for Dan Housen? What's best for Effie? And how can I get myself out to the masses? Um, and I would tell a lot of the young guys, follow their structure, follow what they're doing on social media. It's an entirely different ballgame. Well, speaking of that, I want to bring this up since you brought it up. And obviously, I've only been a fan of the business. Sure. However, you've heard about these different traditions to bring up about throughout the years and as the years have gone on. Dumbest one that you've heard about? Oh God! Because um, there's a couple that you go, that you hear about, and you go, really? Yeah, I mean, one of the stupidest ones that I think uh, still continues this day is uh, make sure you shake everyone's hand in the locker room. It's like, and and then if this person doesn't shake my hand, they're disrespectful and rude. I'm going. Wait, what? Why? Do you know how uncomfortable it is sometimes to go into a brand new locker room you've never been in, let alone a locker room that has quote unquote stars or celebrities? It's so intimidating. So you mean to tell me you're going to bring a brand new guy who's trying to get his feet wet in the wrestling industry, throw him into a locker room with guys who have not only been doing this for 20, 30 years, but probably people he's admired and looked up to. And you're going to tell him that if he doesn't shake everyone's hand in that locker room, he suddenly is disrespectful and he should be wiped clean of the wrestling industry like it blows my mind how about we look at this person as a human being and say chances are he's probably nervous chances are he probably didn't want to interrupt a conversation chances are he probably didn't want to piss somebody off chances are he's probably very respectful and is just entirely scared of the situation that he's in like we don't look at people as humans we look at them as like cattle and i don't understand it for me if you don't shake my hand whatever. Now, if you're blatantly disrespectful to me, we'll have an issue, but you have to be blatantly disrespectful. Not something that I have to like prejudge you by because you didn't do something. That's a stupid tradition. What, what, what? But yeah, it goes back to, you said it there, the human side of things, but also the bullshit. Yes. But anyway, folks, uh, we know Mike's on a limited time. Make sure you check out ring of honor on Sinclair networks and you can find out your local market by doing a search online would be the best way for me to tell you because obviously everybody's market's different. But go ahead and check out Ring of Honor. They got a great new product going on with TV and they're trying to evolve like everybody else with this time we're in. Mike, thank you so much. No, thank you, man. I always appreciate when people want to talk to me because I feel like I'm just a nobody. I'm still a small town kid from Carver, Massachusetts. So uh, I'm always truly humbled that people want to speak to me. So thank you. And from one Northeast guy to another, because I'm a Philly guy. Okay, cool. You know, much respect and great success going forward. Thank you very much. I appreciate you.
Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from peewee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. This brand is truly exciting and so glad that they are starting to make a positive impact. Little Bean Soapery is a woman-owned small business based in Northeast Pennsylvania. Little Bean Soapery does so much as all products are handcrafted and offer many different things for both men and women. Soaps, scrubs, body butters, bath bombs, solid cologne, and much more. Little Bean Soapery also does things for special occasions such as birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and special seasonal gift sets. But also, let's not forget large orders for party favors by request. The great things about all products is that they are crafted to be nourishing on the skin. If you wish to check them out, please feel free to visit littlebeansoapery.com. Any questions, please feel free to also email littlebeansoapery at gmail.com for custom inquiries and or ask anything else you wish. Tell them that Elena from Crazy Train Radio sends you. Also, a little side note, please feel free to check out Little Bean Soapery out in person at the upcoming Monster Mania Outdoor Little Mall of Horrors May 22nd and 23rd in Oaks, PA as they will be bringing some themed items including cauldron bombs, brain scrubs, jiggle soap and embalmed cold process soaps. Ariel Peel Pumes, daughter of the legendary Rowdy Roddy Piper and sister of the less legendary Colt Pumes, and you are listening to Crazy Train Radio. 